As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jeff. Hi, I'm Taylor. And I almost said, hey, this is Taylor. Oh, don't do that, because I'm Taylor. <laughs> we are at the Fan Days Convention in Irving, the Dallas Comic Con Fan Days, I guess it's yeah, called. It's, it used to be, I think, Star Wars Fan Days. Now it's the Dallas Comic Con Fan Days. Last year, nobody came to Star Wars Fan Days, so now it's just Fan Days. But we're here. It's uh, Friday, so we're hoping to get a little bit of traffic today. They yeah. added a third day, so uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. And we'll be uh, recording some of our guests as they come up with some of their toy memories. Oh, yeah. Hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Jeff, and I'm here with... Reese. And Reese is a big fan of Taylor's. What is your... Uh, do you like uh, Do you like Xenex the Bugman? Yes. What's your... Uh, do, you, do you play with toys? Yes. What's your favorite toy to play with? Barbies. Barbies? Ooh, Mom disagrees. What What is her favorite toy to play with? Uh, any, fairy creatures, dinosaurs, anything that's dead. So anything but Barbie, basically. Well, okay, there you have it. Reese is a dirty liar, and she was caught in a lie by her mom. And we're here with Carrie, Reese's mom, and she's going to tell us about the awful thing she did to her stormtroopers. Well, my mom wouldn't buy us anything but the white stormtroopers, so in our, my brother and I's genius plot to get a red stormtrooper, we got Sharpie markers and marked them all up so they would become red stormtroopers. The sad part is that the permanent marker wouldn't stick to the plastic, so when you play with them, you get red hands everywhere, and this was not a good thing. So you're saying your mom always caught you red-handed. <laughs> She did. Long way to go for that joke, folks. I apologize. Thank you for sharing. That's a great story. I wish I'd thought of that. I'm here with Zach, and he has a joke for us. All right, so a husband and wife are having their five-year wedding anniversary. The wife says to the husband, I got you the most expensive gift I can think of. So the husband asks, what did you, you get me? The wife responds, I'm pregnant. Nice. Nice and clean. That's a, that's a joke you could tell your mom. Thanks, Zach. I've actually told that. <laughs> did she enjoy it as much as we did? Yeah. So, Zach, what, uh, what was your favorite toy when you were a kid? I mean, that was, it's really hard because, like, I don't remember a lot of stuff from when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, so, so what's your favorite toy now? Um, probably my computer. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. That's all we need to know. And we're here with Carrie, and he's going to tell us about his fondest toy memory about Castle Grayskull. So when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was, but uh, I wanted Castle Grayskull for Christmas. And uh, so I stuck around the house one day. I think I... I was say this is how I found out there wasn't a Santa Claus because I, I saw the Castle Grayskull in the mom on top of mom's closet. I wasn't looking for presents; I was just being a goofy kid. And then a few weeks later, when Christmas came, it was at the setting under the tree but, from Santa. Yeah, and I came out. I woke up in the middle of the night and came out, and, and I was like, "Is that my Castle Grayskull?" And they and they were like, "Yeah." 
But so I still love the thing, and it was awesome to have it. But it was how I also found it how it was in Santa. So that, that's not a bad memory for me. It's a good memory. Favorite toy turned a good memory or a bad memory into a good memory. Thank you. And now we're here with Rhonda, who is sh- sitting at the table next to ours. And what did you just tell me? You have what? A, a late 1980s, not mint in box, because I have played with it a lot, Voltron. But you do still have the box. I do still have the box. It's in the box, but it's been well played with. And it's the one with the, the, the 15 vehicles, not the Lions. I really wanted the Lions, but they weren't being sold at the time. It was Vehicle Voltron, not Lion Voltron. And Taylor, wasn't that a sticking point during our first throwdown in the toy aisle? <laughs> yes, it was. I believe that Voltron is the Voltron 3 or the Voltron 2. I can't remember like if 2 is the Lion's. Or if two was the vehicles. But I know Voltron 1 is the Samurai Warrior, and then it's the vehicles and then the lions. No, it's lions and the vehicles. The lions and the vehicles? All I know is I got, all I know is I got hose on that question and lost the belt, <laughs> which I later regained. And we're back for day two of Fan Days. Yes, this is Taylor. This is Jeff. <laughs> Got it right this time. Good, good for you. I, I, you know, I did that on the pilot episode one time too. In the bloopers, you can hear in the bloopers one of the episodes. I said, and for the pilot episode, I'm Josh. And Josh said, oh, I was, this I was is waiting for you to say Jeff? that you were you were Taylor. That would make it even yeah. better. Yeah, cross pollinating the podcast. That's why I do that. Cross pollinating. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Cross pollinate. Yeah. Bastardizing the podcast. Well, it's because I, I listened to Vampire Weekend. They talked about pollinating cabs, so I, I have a vocabulary this morning. You listen to Vampire Weekend? Yeah, I love that band. You can't be on the show anymore. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, longtime listener Todd and his kids Josh and Katie. So. Uh, Todd, tell us about your favorite toy from when you were a kid. Oh, my gosh, uh, Jeff. I just saw it drive, uh, as I'm walking through here at the, at the Fan Days. It was the G.I. Joe Hovercraft. I'm looking at it right over there. I know. I saw it. it was $250, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I could walk back with a, a cherished piece of my childhood. Oh, I love that toy. It was so awesome. Yeah, but I'm a longtime Star Wars collector, and there's so much to see here. It's just, it's just a, an amazing time. Wait till you listen to our Christmas show. You'll hear my story about a hovercraft, about the G.I. Joe hovercraft. How about you? Tell us your name and tell us your favorite toy. Uh, my name is Josh, and my favorite toy is the Beyblade Phantom Orion. Nice. Good choice. And how about you? My favorite toy are definitely stuffed animals. All kinds. All kinds. So you don't have a favorite? I can't pick one. It'd be like picking your favorite child, I suppose, which we won't ask Todd to do right now. <laughs> Thank you guys for stopping by. And we'll be coming back with more from Fan Days soon. All right, I'm here with <laughs> I'm here with Ray and Hazel. And uh, Ray, tell me about uh, your favorite. What was your favorite toy when you were growing up? Oh man, I'd have to say uh, Spider-Man. When the Spider-Man, the best part was that his wrist can bend, and his his uh, torso can bend, and his ankles could bend. Those were my favorite ones. I had that. I had the Daredevil from that line, and it, yeah, it was wild because every joint was articulated. How about you, Hazel? I just played with his toys. <laughs> awesome. Was there a favorite one that you had of his? Actually, I liked um, the Ninja Turtles. My dad would get them for us a lot. So. Awesome. Gotta love the Ninja Turtles. All right, thanks for stopping by, guys. That was Ray and Hazel. We're here with Joel from Darth Maul Toys, which I loved. It's M-A-L-L, Darth Maul. And he's going to tell us a story about his favorite toy when he was a kid. Take it away. 
Okay, uh, my favorite toy was Jetfire from Transformers, classic G1, and I got him for Christmas. And I found him about two weeks before Christmas, and my mom told me it was my cousin's, and it was a girl, my cousin Amy, and I got so mad. And then I opened him up for Christmas and just took an hour to transform him and then ended up losing him and breaking him. Breaking him and losing him. Have you been able to replace him since? Yeah, I replaced him my last show. Awesome. Congratulations. Well, thanks for coming over and sharing the story. And we are here with Kyle and Leah Chenault from K&L Customs, and you guys have got uh, a great Avengers base over there. Is that all custom, or what, what did you kit bash to get that? Uh, yes, the all of the figures on our table are custom figures. Uh, we use various parts and pieces from existing action figures. We reassemble them, and then we sculpt certain pieces, parts. I do the parts assembly and the sculpt work, and then my wife does all of the painting. All the painting. So you do all the painting. What uh, what uh, what is your preferred? What type of paint do you use? Major majority of the time. Citadel. It's a really high quality paint. Uh, it uh, adheres very well to the figure. So that's probably my favorite. Do you guys have a favorite toy from when you were kids that you used to play with? Either one of you. Oh, favorite toy from when I was a kid. Man, that is, um, I would have to say, and I no longer have it, but, um, oh, they had a, 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 God, a Godzilla toy from when I was a kid. It was from Shogun Warriors. It had a little lever in his back. When you push the lever down, his tongue would flick out. It would look like flame, and he had a button you push, and his, for whatever reason, his fist would launch off, and that's like... You know, one of my memories from childhood is is that Godzilla toy. That's awesome, but you don't have it anymore. No, I don't have it. That and Star Wars toys that, you know, mobs always throw those out. Mine didn't. I've still got all the boxes even. How about you, Leah? Did you have one? Um, I liked, uh, I got for Christmas a uh, Barbie Townhouse. That was probably my favorite. <laughs> Barbie Townhouse, all right. Well, you, uh, they can, people can find you guys on Facebook, uh, KL-Customs, and we'll, we'll link to their Facebook page from our Facebook page. And uh, you do a lot of business through eBay as well? Under KL, they can just look up KL-Customs on eBay? It's uh, actually uh, K underscore L underscore Customs 77. Got it. Very clear. Got it. So you guys, uh, have you guys had a good time at this con? This is your first, your first con, right? This is our first uh, Comic Con. It's it's been a very enlightening experience. Uh, right, are you, are you, you going to come back in in, in uh, February for the Sci-Fi Convention? Uh, more than likely, we're going to make this a, a once a year. Try and do an annual in the fall. It just works better. We we have full time jobs, kids, and so having finding the time to do this. Uh, you know, three times a year is tough, but once a year is definitely doable. Outstanding. Well, thanks. thank you guys for stopping by. It was a pleasure meeting both of you. And uh, we'll see you next time. And, uh, yeah, we'll link to you guys, to your page from our Facebook page, and uh, try to send some business your way. It'll be great. All right, cool. Thanks. And now we've come to the end of our journey. Oh, Fan yes. Day's weekend is over. Uh, I have had a ball. How about you, Taylor? I, I have had a fantastic time. A lot of great guests coming by. I'm exhausted, though. So am I. And this is the first time I've really done one of these as, a, as a, I guess, an exhibitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you usually do these as an artist. You have your artist table oh, yeah. and everything. Is oh, it, yeah. How did this compare to uh, recent 
You know, previous actually, shows. to previous shows, I mean, uh, the, it wasn't as much foot traffic as, say, the Dallas Comic Con, but a lot, is, of, yeah. a lot of very personal guests, a lot of guests that really want to share, and a lot of guests that, that really appreciate the artists and the podcasters and the people that had these tables. So it was... It was a good time. That's been the nice thing. There's been a lot of yeah. interest in uh, things besides swag and, and the stuff that right. people are buying. So it's, right. it's been a lot of fun. And so I uh, want to thank everybody who came by, stopped by and said hello, and especially the people who contributed, who got on mic and told us oh, about yeah. some of the toy memories. That was great. Look forward to seeing you guys again at the uh, Sci-Fi Convention, which is in February, correct? Yes, it's in February, and we, so, we do have a table. It will be in the same spot, too, yep. as far as I understand it. So uh, come and find us uh, then. And uh, until then, keep listening, and uh, we'll keep recording. That's right. All right. See you soon. Okay, play scenario. When I was a kid, I had this train that I would set up around the edge of my bed. And I would pull all the figurines out and set them up. So you'd have Cobra infiltrating the, the Castle Grayskull with an ammo box that opened on each end as a gate. And the Joes were always trying to get up. But Cobra was opening this trans-dimensional portal, pulling Skeletor and his evil minions through. And whatever else toys I could I could add in, I would figure a way to do it. And one day, I had this play scenario where Cobra and his evil mans had pulled Skeletor and his other troops through, and even some some visionaries and some other you know creepy monsters to try to attack the train, the supply train for the GI Joes. And coming out of the top of the mountain, over the gate of the ammo box, was this giant winged spider creature with this warrior on it and a whip. And he would charge all the other troops against the Joes. But the Joes had their own transdimensional creature. A giant blue dragonfly with a blonde-headed antenna guy on top. With his own insect-type rifle, sword, and shield. And that incredible, exclusively awesome, wing-flapping puppet dragon and spider with riders was this really cool and short-lived line called Sectars, Warriors of the Symbian. And that's why I'm here, Talking Toys. Welcome to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, where we go back in time to discuss our favorite toys, one toy line at a time. Hello and welcome to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeff. And today <sighs> we're going to be discussing the ever super awesome bug-like Sectars Warriors of the Symbion. Uh, <laughs> folks, this is how much I love my audience. I hate these toys. I'm just going to lay that out there right now. Not because they're bad toys. I just hate bugs. Mm. Anything that has more legs than me or less legs than my dog. No, I said that backwards. <laughs> 
anything that has less legs than me and more legs than my dog, I have no use for. They creep me out. I don't like them. And apparently I wasn't the only one. You, you know, it's interesting. Before, let me cut in real quick. Sure. I'm definitely afraid of spiders. And I'm, I love this line. I don't see how. <laughs> I walked out of the bathroom last night and a spider had swung down from the ceiling, hit me in the face. Full Ooh. on in the face. Ooh. I flipped out. Ooh. Not good. Yeah. Did not, did not enjoy that at all. Okay. Well, that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. Okay. And give you guys a little bit of a history behind the line. Sectars, Warriors of Symbion, and it is pronounced Symbion, correct? I believe so, yeah. Okay, that's how I would say it. Was a line of action figures released by Coleco in 1985, and I can't hear the word Coleco without thinking of two things. One, ColecoVision, which was their answer to the Atari 2600. Yes. Uh, also, there was Intellivision that came out with the Atari 2600, and the Atari 2600 destroyed them both. Yes. And I think of, you remember Joe C., who was a little guy that would, would tour with Kid Rock? He's passed away now, but he was a rapper, and he was he had um, he had some condition that that sort of like uh, Vern Troyer, right? Only he was a little taller. And at one point in one of his raps, he talked about having more game than Coleco. <laughs> That's what I think about when I hear the word Coleco. Sectars were released by Coleco in 1985. Apparently, the stamps on the figure said 1984, so I assume they were probably produced in 1984, right? Figures and their insect companions were packaged together in a window box with Mm -hmm. weapons, a mini comic book, which we saw a lot of back in the day with superpowers and masters of the universe, and instructions. And some of the uh, companion insects were large enough for the sectars to ride and were sort of puppets. You could stick your head, your hand up their rear and make it sort of like a glove and it and made the lower body to manipulate the legs and maybe an action feature. Am, am, amazing action features of my dad. Uh, you're you're going to be the one to tell <laughs> us all about that. Uh, a second series of figures were designed and pictured in dealers' catalogs but never produced due to the line's cancellation. Mm-hmm. It's suspected, and I suspect that this is correct, that the line did not do particularly well because of the intimidating appearances of even the heroes, they were they were all creepy. You, know, you were talking about the guy that in story time, the guy who had the antenna coming yep. out and their beasts, and because the <laughs> price points were well above other action figure lines, because you got you got a, a figure and a beast together, you didn't have to buy them separately. Uh, yeah, and there's you know there's actually something that I want to say about that later in the articulation about the price on that. All right, I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Now. There's really not a whole lot to the history of the line. Uh, they made an animated series. It was five episodes based on the characters. Marvel Comics published an eight-issue comic book series. Mm-hmm. And a read-along storybook was was made as well. But, I mean, that's really it. This this line sort of came and went. And yeah. I remember seeing, it on, seeing them on shelves. And I had one friend who had one. He had uh, Dargon. Hmm. And the, uh, the dragon. Dragonflyer. Prince Dargon yeah. with Dragonflyer. And that was the that was the only one of my friends that had one of them. And again, you know, they were kind of expensive. I had no interest in them whatsoever because, as we've mentioned, I'm a big baby when it comes to, to creepy crawly anything. And I just had had no no desire to have any of them. And you know, it was just sort of, you know, I had my Masters of the Universe, I had my GI Joe, my Star Wars. I just really didn't didn't have any any interest in it. And you know, as I'm doing the research for the show, the backstory that they put together for these things is pretty intricate and really pretty interesting yeah oh yeah the uh well t- can you tell us a little bit about the the story about it the the, the 
there's the theme, a... the, the setup. Okay, so the, the setup, and this is what I remember, and you might have to jump in and correct me on this, because it's been years since I've read those mini-comics. Well, here, let me let okay. me just read to you this. This is from Wikipedia, and it's, okay. it's, it's sourced. So the premise was that, and this is in quotes, somewhere in space, somewhere in time, exists a planet called Symbion, where a genetic experiment fails. And really, don't they all? Oh, yeah. Of course. So frightening changes take place that cannot be stopped. The result? A world where insects and arachnids grow to frightening proportions. Which, they're already frightening proportions to me. Tiny, so I can't (laughs) imagine coming across a a big one. A world where the inhabitants have taken on the awesome characteristics of insects and arachnids. Taylor, did you write this? Because this really sounds like you. Did you write this? Are you a Wikipedia editor? I might have from the future. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Dargon, ruler of the peaceful Shining Realm of Prosperon. And his allies are in conflict with the forces of Empress Devora, ruler of the dark domain of Synax. Synax? Synax? It's S-Y-N-A-X. I would say Synax. I think it is Synax. And her henchmen for possession of the Hives. That's H-Y-V-E-S. Because, after all, this is fanciful and... Yes. Wives make everything sword and sorcery. They make it otherworldly, don't they? That's right. Interesting. (laughs) And the Hives were fortresses of an ancient civilization holding the key to ultimate power. Each character was telebonded, in quotes, with intelligent, non-anthropomorphic, I was have trouble with that word, <laughs> non-anthropomorphic insect creatures called insectoids that had a special ability and shared each other's pleasure and pain. And I'm sorry, that creeps me out. <laughs> the fact that it's pleasure and pain, that no, 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 no. Well, you, you had to think back. Pleasure in those days was like eating nachos. Well, I suppose, but I don't want my pet knowing what nacho, what my nachos taste like. And I, by the same token, I don't want to know what his kibble tastes like, what, what, what Marvin Dog's kibble tastes like. Just feed him nachos. I tried that once; it didn't end well. <laughs> so, does that does that uh, sort of jog your memory? Does that jive with what you had yes. in mind? Yes, from from what I remember. I, honestly, I've forgotten about the the uh, experiments. I just remember that it was an insect world, right? And that the the insects had grown. I mean, again, you really don't need the explanation. Yeah. It's just an insect world. Yeah, I I lost so many comics from He Man and and all these other figurines and like sec, sectars and stuff growing up that I read them probably once or twice and then lost them. I think my friends took them actually. Hmm. Well, my friend, I should say, some friend. <laughs> well, he gave me some other cool stuff. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> Oh, so this yeah this 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 segment is going to be short because there's really not a whole lot of information around about where the line came from. Yeah, I I could not find any background on like who thought up the line, like what the inspiration was. Um, nothing about like you know were they were they creating it to be like kind of a kind of a, a, a combatant to Masters of the Universe, because well, it was close they were, to the same they were time. They were in the same scale, too, weren't they? Pretty much the same scale? <sighs> no, honestly, because from what I remember, they were about, I think they were six inches. So they were just a couple inches, maybe an inch and a half taller than the Masters of the Universe figurines. Well, see, and the reason I ask is mm-hmm. that um, one of the websites that we're going to talk about at xentertainment.com, mm-hmm. that, did you read that, the guy's story? I did not. Oh, it's hilarious. you got to go back and read it. And he, he's telling a story about um, the, the, the story that is one of your stories. Like, this was, this, was <laughs> how, this was his play scenario. And at the end of it, they all end up 
uh, he ends up, Dargon ends up with some Masters of the Universe characters. And in the picture, he's sitting down, and they're standing up, but they, he looks to be, like you said, about maybe two or three inches taller, but it's only because his legs are straight where their legs were always bowed right. and, and ready to pounce. Right. And I think, I, I think actually, I, I put He-Man on the Dragonflyer once, too. I um, imagine that would probably work very well. He didn't sit that well because his crotch was a, a little bit bigger than Dargon's crotch. Yeah. So, and He-Man's like Dargon- crotch was bigger than everybody's crotch. That's why he was He-Man. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, though. Like, Dargon would the the thing that that was interesting about them is Dargon would snap into the saddle. So, getting He Man to snap into the saddle with yeah, his He Man, it, it was it was kind of tough. <laughs> even the uh, e- even the website the uh, the Sectars Fan Sector dot com website. Mm-hmm. The only history you can find from that is the history of of the story, like they're, right. the, the, the story of the sectars. There's not a whole lot of information available about who, who had the idea other than, you know, we know Ruby Spears created the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just, I don't know folks. If, if you know of anything that we're missing, please uh, direct it to us. Cause I, in doing my research, I couldn't find anything and I'm fairly good at research. And so are you. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just could not find anything. So it's going to be kind of a short, short show this time around, but, um, I hope that's okay, because I don't want to spend any more time with these guys than I have to, to be honest. Well, you, you say short short show, but I haven't got to talk to them about it yet. I have a this passion for these guys. This is true. So, so tell us first off, uh, Taylor, did you own, how many sectars did you have? Okay. Now, I owned technically three characters. Two of the characters were complete with their animal or their, I'm sorry, their insect flyers. The insectoid. Yeah, their insectoid. Symbiont. But I actually had the flyers. So I had General Spydrex and his spider flyer, which was my favorite. And of course I'm, it was, because he was I'm, a bad guy. And I'm afraid of I'm afraid of spiders. But then I also had Prince Dargon and the Dragon Flyer. Okay, and what was the third one? The third one was Skulk. And I didn't have his his uh I think it's tur- Tarantula. Tarantula. It's basically a giant tarantula. Yeah. Yeah, I d I didn't yeah. have the tarantula. A friend gave me Trank- Skulk. Trancula. Trancula. Yeah. Like Dracula, but with a T and an N added in, because <laughs> well, it, it's not creepy enough. He had the snapping beak, like beak. Uh, your middle finger would pull a beak down. It, it was like fangs. <laughs> now, the interesting thing is that the Empress of the Dark Domain, Devora, was the the main villain or villainess, right. but she didn't have a figure made. No. The the figure, the leader in the in the, the line, the toy line, was General Spydrax. Yep. With the spider flyer, which you said you had awesome figurine and of course he was your favorite because you love the bad guys <laughs> so those were the three that you have but you didn't have any of the play sets or anything that went with it there's only one play set oh the hive the hive which we'll talk about in a, in mm-hmm. a, in a bit uh but you didn't have the hive no always looked for it never could find it did you know anybody who did have the hive no i was the only kid i knew that actually had sectars see and that was that was me i had that one friend mm-hmm. who had the, the one toy and he may have had more but that was the only one that i would ever go near because it was the the least creepy of all of them i i take it back i say i was the only one that knew that that had sectars i wish you weren't a liar but I did get one from a friend, but he only had that one figurine. He didn't even have. Like, and after the whole he thing. gave it to you, you were the none of your I friends was, had it. You were yeah, the you were the guy. The you were the creepy kid with sectars. And I don't know where he got it either. I don't think he got it as a gift or a complete. Well, I think he complete, got it from yeah, someone else. He probably stole it. <laughs> or somebody gave it to him because it gave him nightmares. And he was like, "Oh, I don't like this. I'm going to give. It, I'm going to give it to Taylor. He'll he'll take it. He likes anything. Just give him a toy." 
Oh. And you know, it's as an adult, you'd think I'd be a little better prepared to deal with these things. But the, the fact that the, the, the insectoids were that, that hard plastic face, but then they were like fuzzy. Yeah. That's what got me. I just couldn't do it. Oh. It felt too much like a, a, a fuzzy tarantula. Oh, that made I just it couldn't, so awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Not even the fact that Peter Cullen did one of the voices in the cartoon could make me want to spend any more time with these, with these people. Oh. What voice? He was Mantor. Oh, okay. Frank Welker did rap lore. Hmm. And I don't know any of these other people. I got. I really need to go back and watch all five of those episodes. Do you have them? No, no. Um, Are they available on YouTube, I assume? I think they're available on YouTube. I actually saw someone had it downloaded on a DivX file. That's oh, where I saw okay. them. Because I had never seen them before. You pirated them. I didn't. Well, somebody they did. Well, if they're not available, that's legal. <laughs> yeah, you know, if I mean, they're out of print and they're not available, that's, that's, yeah. that's fair use as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But but again, you know, looking at it with with a a critical eye and with a, a, an objective eye, these were cool toys. Oh yeah, I can see how somebody would be really into them, but I just question the the, the sound judgment <laughs> and the business practices of hey, let's do you know you think about it. Boys like creepy crawly things, so let's do this. Let's make these big bugs. But I right. think they just I think they went too far. I, I do, too. I, I think that, that when they were originally looking at uh, making these, I think they designed the bad guys and the creatures very well. Yes. I think it's they should have toned down some of the insectness of the good guys. But, again, they're fused with insects. The whole planet is. Right. So you really wanted to, to carry that idea. But it's I think a lot of it has to do with the sculpt of the eyes. Because everyone's eyes had that really big kind of bug, even though it doesn't have, like, bug detail in it they just look very buggy and i think yeah. the eyes weren't like that like dargon's eyes he doesn't have any pupils right. they're just blue right he's blue it yeah. looks like he's wearing one of those little things that you put on when you go to the beach and you're trying to get a suntan and exactly. you don't blind yourself and he's got you know the the sculpted like eyebrows over it that make him look really mean yeah you know it doesn't help well, at the, all his hair looks like a mop it, it is I'm basically a mop. So, so you had those three, and you played with them all the time. Apparently, with all your other toys, your Masters oh, yeah. of the Universe and your GI Joes. And- I played with these things until their wings fell off. Like their wings literally broke out of the holders and fell off. Did they off. break one at a time, or did they just all pop out at the same time? One at a time, and I would always try to hot glue them back. And I, I, I know I drove my dad crazy getting him to try to glue these things back. <laughs> but you know, they broke a lot. We got moving parts; they're going to break. Right. Especially when you give them to you. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that, you know, it had battery packs in the back to get the wings to move. Right. I remember. I do remember that. I ran out of batteries a lot. I probably, over the years of having these things playing with them, probably went through about 150 batteries. Holy cats, Taylor. That's a lot of batteries. A lot of batteries. I love these things. Wow. Well, so let's talk about them then. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us about why you love them. What what is it about the the toys that that you love so much? And and what was your favorite thing about this particular toy line? Okay, well, for me, this toy line, like looking back on it and thinking about the the toys themselves, is that they were to me one of the first toys that was sculpted so detail oriented that you know it had like finite detailing and like the faces right. and stuff that. I viewed it as more as a, more than a toy, but that would have been my first time I viewed it as a collectible. This was the type of toy that I would actually like pose Dargon on his flyer and 
general on his flyer and actually pose them and set them on like my nightstand for my friends to see. You know, I thought of them as as kind of these sculptured pieces. sort of yeah, sort of movable statues. And you know, yeah. looking at Dargon, this is I mean, this some of the detailing and the sculpt on this guy. This was 1985. This was what, oh. 27 years ago, and it it's on par with stuff that even comes out today. Oh yeah, really. And even like the detail on his gauntlets and on his his mm-hmm. chest plate and everything, and yeah. the the face and everything. It's it was such a fan. As far as a toy, it was well thought out in the way that it was made. Right. It's a sh- I say it's a shame it wasn't successful. I'm glad it wasn't successful because right. I, I didn't want to see these on the toy shelves well, for more I, than a year. But I think it was way ahead of its time. I, I do I think that instead of, you know, the, the fantasy idea is there, but I don't think people were ready for bugs. Right. Just yet. Not you big know, bugs, especially. Not big bugs. But, you know, the thing with, with that I liked about these toys also is that you had the figurine. This was the first time you really started getting, like, Usable harnesses that you know that did more than just decorate the figurine. You they would have like belts that were rubber belts that were super detailed that housed like their guns, um, uh, rifles, you know, and then you would have like backpacks that would that you had to clip out and fold together to fit on the dragon riders mm-hmm. that you know you could put your rifle in and you could put like a net in the back. And actually, like, close it down. It had its own latch. I mean, these things were were pretty well thought out, each with, like, emblems on it. You know, the, the Dargon emblem, which was, like, a this, like, fork. And then it had a, a piece that came down and a little cross at the bottom. Right. I, I think it – no, no, that was that was their – that theirs was a sun. Spydrex was the cross with the, with the fork in it. But, I mean, just – Look, thinking back on these things, they were to me they were just so well designed. They were to me they're beautiful, and I love the design of them. I I love the playability of them. That they really didn't have to me that much articulation, right? But you're looking at you're looking at like it looks like the knees, the hip, the shoulder. Was there an elbow joint? There was not an elbow joint. The and they had a uh, their head was on a hinge. It was a rubber head on a on a plastic body hinge. Okay, like but, Masters of the Universe. Right, but the cool thing about their their shoulder and legs is they were ball joints, like true ball joints. Huh. So you could roll their arms through different poses, even though their arms were bent. You could still get a wide range of movement. So you could actually have Spydrex's arm up with his whip in hand to you know whip Dargon off his fly right. or whatever, and you could really pose it up that way. Or you could, you know, raise Dargon's arm up with his sword, right, and then shield, you know, in the other hand, and really kind of pose on. So he could say, "I have the power." Yeah, or I have the. Yeah. (laughs) I hate these toys, guys. I hate these things. I'm I'm truly creeped out right now. This is this is how much I care for you, the audience, the listener. <laughs> and and I think I think you're showing that you care for me because you're listening to me talk yes, about it. Yes. Because it gets better. It does get better. So the actual dragon flyers. Yes, okay, so we talked about the figures. Let's move on to the, the, yeah. the beasts, the okay. insectoids. So the insectoids. Now, I didn't have any of the small insectoids, and they all had their own action figure or action features. Feature. Like Rappler was actually like a, a spring-loaded grappling hook that would he, the, the bug would hook onto his vest, and he could grapple up. Um, Vitar, I think, had like a... I think it was like a dog, like a chomping yes. dog. Now, the big beast, though, like you said, it, it was a glove. And the flyers actually had battery packs 
in their butt or their thorax. Yeah, it looks like a Dargon was the only one of the good guys that had uh, a flying, a beast flyer. Yeah, well, each each team only had one beast flyer. Oh, is that right? Okay, so Trancula and Battle Beetle were not... Oh, that's right. They're not flyers. They're just larger than... Right. So the, the, the good guys had the smaller, smaller insectoid companions. It kind looks of. Like, I, and I, the, and the, the bad guys had the big guys. Well, no... It was it was actually even I think across the board uh, both good guys and bad guys I think count wise had the same. Yeah, the, the problem s- is I can't tell who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. That that is a problem. Was, was Pinsor a good guy? Pinsor is a good guy. Waspex is a bad guy. What about Skulk? He was a bad he's guy? a bad guy. He and General Spydrax are bad guys. Right, and then um, uh, Pin- Pinsor's a good guy. Dargon's a good guy. Yeah, Mantor and Zack are both good guys, right? Right. And Dargon is a good guy. Yeah. Skeeto and Toxid are both bad guys. That's what I figured with a name like Toxid <laughs> and Skeeto. And Waspax, you said, was a bad guy. Yeah, that's actual. That's actually uh, General Spydrex's commander. Waspax is General yeah. Spydrex's commander. Yeah, I remember that because I always wanted him. Of course you did. He was a bad guy. Yeah. You love the villains. With purple and green. <laughs> that's your, that's your, those are your colors. Wow. <laughs> So okay, so proceed. I'm, okay. I apologize for so, getting us off track. <laughs> well, the you know the the small bugs actually had the the you know the different action features, right? Um, but the large bugs, you know, when you got the flyers, they had the battery compartments in the butt that would cause these wings to move on the on the sides, mm-hmm. and the wings actually would move opposite of each other. So you would have Wings in the front that would move up, wings in the back that would move down. So it looked like they were flying. Right, and that would actually probably propel them through the air a little better, too. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, it, I think moving it around just caused the wings to break. But No, but I meant oh, if it were real. Yeah, pretending it, these things are real. Okay. See, that's what you do when you play. Oh, well, yeah. If this thing was real. <laughs> that's what I did, at least. I don't know if that's the way, the way you played when oh, you were yeah. a kid. No, oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you would put the glove in. And your your thumb, pointing finger, pinky, and ring finger were essentially legs. Your middle finger would move the, the jaw, head feature. The head feature. And Spydrex's head feature for the spider flyer was its head would move up and down because it had tusk. Right. Dargon's head features, it had a mouth that would chomp, would on, chomp things. on things. It's a good thing this, this toy line wasn't a success. success. We'd have an entire generation of kids with premature arthritis from having to do the the, the Kaiser Soze thing with their hand that Kevin Spacey had to do in I'm, The Usual Suspects. I'm surprised I didn't cause more damage playing with these because I played with them a lot. It sounds like it. If you went through 150 sets of batteries, good grief. Oh, man. So, yeah. It, I mean, it's... Uh, I think I think Pinesor or, or Pinsor had uh, the the bashing beetle. I think had like its action feature was it had these chompers that would move. Battle beetle, yeah, I would imagine they probably yeah. slammed together. I I wanted that one. I never could find it. And then uh, you'll have to say it again. Skulk's beast is Trancula. Trancula. Uh, it had the chomping mouth with the fang in it. Right, kind of like the spider flyer did. Yeah, I really wanted that one, especially because I had Skulk. So right. Well, what about the hive? This was not 
just in glancing at it, it looks like it might have been a repurposed Castle Grayskull, but it's not. No. But it's about, is it about the same size? It's actually bigger. Um, I found someone, and I, I couldn't find the site again to share. Uh, because this was about, I think, a year ago that I was looking these guys up. Because I've been trying to... I was looking at maybe getting them as a collection. Right. And he Thankfully, had... Taylor does not own any at this time. <laughs> Otherwise, Jeff would not be in the room recording. <laughs> behind, he would be sitting behind a glass wall. I'm, I'm kind of glad I wasn't able to get that one then. Because I was trying to get one for the show. Oh, I know you were. <laughs> Who do you think sniped you? On oh, eBay. Thanks. thanks. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't me. I wouldn't spend my, my own money on these. So, but uh, anyway, from, you were from, from the site that he had, and I was looking at it, and he was talking about the hive because I never saw it, but he was saying the hive was about two and a half feet tall, two foot wow. to two and a half foot tall. So it was huge. Really, it was huge. Is what what he was saying was that it was really big. It was actually bigger than Great Skull. Well, and I guess it would have to be. Well, no, it would because if you look at this picture, yeah, it probably was because the figures were about what six inches tall, six yeah. six and a half. Yep. And uh, this picture that I'm looking at, Dargon, is dwarfed by this thing. It's a good, yep. like, six Dargon. So that would be, yeah, about two and a half, almost three feet. Good grief. I that think, thing's huge. I think this playset comes close to being almost one of the biggest playsets, I think, on the the 80s toy market, besides for Fort Curium and Brave Star. Brave Star, because, it, again, it had That was, like, so, three, so three foot, three and a half foot. So. Well, and even, yeah, even, like, the, the Hall of Justice for Superpowers wasn't that big. It folded yeah. out, and even the... Uh, I had the uh, the G.I. Joe Hovercraft and the G.I. Joe Command Center, mm-hmm. and those were both big toys, but you could break them apart. Yeah. You could break them down. This one, you couldn't even break down. Well, even, even the... Uh God, what was it? Even uh, the Ecto Hall for Ghostbusters, the mm-hmm. real the real Ghostbusters, I don't even think was that tall. Well, and I'm thinking also about um, the Ewok Village. Oh yeah, for Jedi was 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 large. It wasn't as it wasn't very tall, but it took up a lot of space. Yeah, kind of like the uh, again go back to GI Joe. Did you ever have the the oil rig? Did you no, have the oil rig? I always wanted. It. I did, oh. and it was. It wasn't USS Flag big, so we're forgetting about the USS Flag. True, that would probably true. hold the record for it. largest yeah. toy. Not the tallest, though. Yeah, but this, I would say, would be close to being one of the tallest. Yeah. Although, it, I've seen the USS Flag. I think it does at its tallest point, and the tower stands about two, two and a half feet. So. Okay. But yeah, this thing is definitely huge. It's yeah. humongous. Yeah, and it had, you know, a little finger puppet with a, a it had, worm. It had two. There was two? the worm, and then there was the, the, the freaking spider. <laughs> 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 Hate this thing, you know. You figured that I would, I would be definitely afraid of this. This the guy that screams and throws his shoe across the floor or across the the hall into a wall because a spider is crawling on it. <laughs> you figured I would have nothing to do with these things, but I loved them, absolutely loved them, Ugh. and especially General Spytrix. Right, I love that design, and it has two of my favorite colors, which is purple and red. Purple and red. Yeah, just needs orange, and I'm sold. Here's an interesting bit of trivia: the uh, the two creatures that were in there. What were their names? Um, Nar and Vipex. Nar was a glove puppet. That was the uh, <laughs> the spider, spider. thing. Mm-hmm. And Vipex was a small finger puppet. He was a little worm looking <laughs> guy. And you would think you would, I would think you would reverse those names. I would think Vipex would be the uh, or Vipex, whatever. It's V Y P E X. Would be the spidery looking guy, but no, he I think was the they, serpent. I think they were looking at the idea of it being a viper, kind of. So it was oh, like nice, a sense. viper so insect cross. And so they put a be, Y on it to make it exa- to fantastical. make it fantasy. <laughs> it's a different planet. Well, it, the interesting thing is um, because they 
were connected to the hive, they weren't complete toys. You just had the the front end of both of them. Right. And as a result, the penciler who worked on the comic book never drew the rear portions of their bodies. <laughs> the rear edge of Nar's abdomen was always obscured by the foreground, and Vipex's body just never ended. Really? Yeah, they never drew the end of it. That's actually that's, pretty cool. That's really cool. I thought I that like was that. nice. You know, so much thought went into this. It's, I say it's a shame. It's a shame that all that work went into something that was not successful. Right. But I'm glad it didn't succeed because God, these things just give me the creeps. So okay, so was the hive, <laughs> was the hive like Castle Grayskull? Was it Dargon's? Was it Dargon's fortress? Yes, it was supposed to be Dargon's fortress, but I think it was one of those that was kind of like. Almost like a fortress of power, so the it was always in it was always in peril. Someone was right. going to take it, but I believe it was Dargon and and the good guys' true hideout. Because when you look at the inside, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, where Castle Grayskull opens up, this thing just has a, a an open a back. back. It's, it's, yes. just, it's just a facade, really. Mm-hmm. And then inside, there's a this cheap looking cardboard thing going around it with a computer room and everything, yeah. very yeah. technologically then, advanced. So yeah, I would assume that this is where they chilled out mm-hmm. in between. And it's funny because downstairs was like a lounge. Yeah, well, that's where they—that's <laughs> where the insects felt their pleasure. That, well, yeah, they sat down, had nachos, and sat in disco chairs. And and, and yet they don't have an elevator. He has to climb <laughs> up the stupid ladder to get up to the second. They fly. That's true. Some of them actually have flying bees. Why an elevator? You don't need one. Yeah, but you, I you, think an elevator would have just been too much. Like they would have been like, "Well, this thing's already a hundred fifty dollars." That's true. Make. Was it really that much? Do you? No, remember? I don't remember how much it was. But I remember, I remember I could never find it. But when we looked in the, I think it was the pennies catalog that mm-hmm. had them one year. I was kind of told no. Hmm. So. I'll have to check. Uh, some of the websites uh, have the. Uh, the old Sears catalogs on there. I'll, and I'll check the Sears wish books see from if, 1985 see and there. see if they were in there. Okay. And I'll, I'll post that on, on the Facebook page and on, in the show notes as well. Huh. So, yeah. And so you never knew anybody obviously that had the hive and you never even saw it on store shelves. Nope. There I probably wasn't room for it on store shelves. I sound actually, of I don't think I remember ever seeing any of these guys on store shelves. I think the ones that I got, I actually got from mail order from, Christmas birthday kind of thing. Really? Really. Huh. Where did you order them from? I don't remember. I didn't order them. Oh, okay. My parents did, but, you know, I I didn't even know about them. I, I had no idea about the comic book or the cartoon until years later. But I remember, you know, I remember getting General Spydrex more than I do remember getting Prince Dargon. Because I remember when I got General Spydrex, I absolutely fell in love with him. And I think that was my second one, though I feel like it was my first. So your second felt like your first? Yeah. Like, I remember playing with Prince Dargon, but I don't remember loving him as much as General Spydrex. I just have feels like the first time stuck in my head right now. (laughs) Feels like the very first time. Feels like the first time. (laughs) Feels like the very first time. No extra charge for the serenading, folks. I apologize for that. I won't do it again. You know, it's when when I was doing my research on these guys, I actually came across. I think it was on like a Entertainment X or X Entertainment, one of those sites. They had actually back in 2010 had talked about rumor was that they were trying to relaunch Sectars. Well, if they did it today, it might actually work. Yeah, it just but it it didn't pick up. Well, um, it's good. Yeah, good. For I me, think there was think. something with the rights with with uh, Coleco, and and it just didn't work out. Hmm. 
Is Coleco even still around? I don't think so. But I think what it was is they were probably looking for the person who actually created them. And, and they couldn't, couldn't find, find anything. And, yeah. And, <laughs> well, let's just find out. Oh, who, who knows? <laughs> well, Coleco is apparently still around, but it was revived in 2005. So ah, okay. Who knows? <laughs> <sighs> so... That's all that really needs to be said about the tooling and everything. Like I said, they were they were they were pretty well put together. They, they weren't really built to last, like you said. They they didn't stand up to repeated playing. But no, and even even like the bodies were kind of hollow, and like you could tell it wasn't cheap plastic, but you could tell it was kind of fragile. Like the paint on right. it was would scratch off easy. So you, if you really liked them, you really took like a bit of care with them. Right. I did at least, except for the wings. Except for the wings. The, you didn't, didn't shove sand in any of them, though, so that's always good. No, actually, I didn't play sand with these guys at all. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Interesting. <laughs> all right, well, so with that, I guess it's time to move on to our top five. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our top five toys from this line. And, you know, once again, mine are in order because I went from... I had a hard time coming with the top five because I never owned these toys. I never liked them, but there were some that were cooler than others. So my top five is in order from creepiest to least creepy. Okay. Okay. From five to one, creepiest to least creepy. Cause I just had to, had to put the, the creepiest one at the low on, on the low end of the totem pole. So I'll go first since this is sort of your baby. Okay. My number five is Mantor with Raplor. Hmm. Because he came with that cool-looking crossbow thing, yep. and Raplor wasn't quite as creepy as some of the other guys, and so... He had that full beard. Yeah, and I liked his color. The the, the Was it white or silver? It's, with it's the blue, white. It's like a, a sort cream of, white Yeah, and it's like that, that metallic blue, blue mm-hmm. which I really liked. Sort of looked like the Silverhawks. Yeah. Talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's my number five. What about okay. you? Okay, my number five, and these are actually in order. Okay. Uh, my number five would have been Pinsor with the Battle Beetle. I always wanted Pinsor in the Battle Beetle. I think the Battle Beetle for me would have been just really, really cool, especially right. to see the, the the chomping feature to it, you mm-hmm. know, with the clamps. Um, Pinsor, I was kind of, you know, I was, I was okay with, but he was, you know, he was kind of cool. He had, I think, the red mustache and right. just looked like a Scottish bug dude with a helmet. Scottish bug dude with a helmet. <laughs> All right. My number four is Prince Dargon with the Dragonflyer. And honestly, the Dragonflyer still kind of gave me the creeps because he was fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Didn't mind it as much as I would have the Spiderflyer. But, uh, <laughs> and again, this is the only one of these toys that I ever played with. I had a friend who had Prince Dargon and the Dragonflyer, and I would, I, w- I would I would play with it a little bit, but, I, you know, we all know how coordinated or uncoordinated I am. I always had trouble getting everything to, to do everything at the same time in the right <laughs> order. But So that's my number five. And, I, you know, Prince Dargon, it was a cool design. He had the little antenna coming up out of his yeah. head and everything. But the eyes did always kind of creep me out because he didn't have any pupils. Right. Like, what are you thinking? I can't tell what you're thinking. <laughs> so that's that's my number four. Mm-hmm. He creeped me out slightly less than the villain. Hmm. Okay. My number four would be the hive. All right. Um, it's just really cool. Uh, it, to me, looking at it, it's like, you know, it, it, I think it had a lot of play feature to it. Even if you weren't into sectars. I think it was one of those sets that if you got, you could actually play with other figurines that would make sense. Well, yeah, except that it's got the freaking spider thing coming out of it that scared me. <laughs> the the worm I can deal with. Just not the spider? Just not the spider. I, I don't think, uh, I don't I, truck with no spiders. 
I think I think the set would have worked really good. Like if I'd have had that to play with my hordesmen with the fright zone. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, that yeah. would have been it, that's right up their alley. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, my number three is the hive, mm. and I did have it at number one, but then I remembered the little spider guy coming out of it, so I had to drop <laughs> it back a couple. Uh, but that's still, you know, I could at least I could remove that if I wanted to. Right. I could take him out or, or just keep him inside all the time. But yeah, the hive it was it was it was it was great. It it does it looks like Castle Grayskull to me just at a glance. But um, yeah, that was a great that's a great looking playset, and like you said, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine ever ever seeing that on store shelves and being able to afford it. I can't imagine. It it would have had to have been a huge box because that's one solid piece. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can't even break it down. <laughs> Weird. So that, that was your number three? That was my number three. Okay. Your number three? My number three would be Prince Dargon and the Dragonflyer. All right. Um, I owned him. So, you know, I, I have a certain love for, right. for this this character and the, and the Dragonflyer. The Dragonflyer was really cool. The the biting feature? It was. And then, like I said, that was a cool feature had it not been fuzzy. Right. The problem is it would either have to be fuzzy or that sort of rubbery looking material. And either one would have creeped me out. Yeah. Well, the the fuzziness, I mean, I under, they chose it because it helped cover up joints. Right. But I like the fuzziness. It, well, and again, aesthetically looking at it, I understand why they went that way. Yeah. I just don't like it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't want to have any part of it. That's all there is to it. One of the things I liked about it is if you shined a light in the Dragonflyer's eye, you could see light on the other side. So if you put a light back there, you could make his eyes glow in the dark. Ooh. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> well, my number two is Night Flying Dargon with Parafly. Is it Parafly? Yes, Parafly. <laughs> and again, it just, just because it's slightly less creepy than the Dragonflyer. That the parafly was actually still pretty creepy because he had those little claw-looking things on the end yeah. of his. But, you know, again, it's Dargon, and it was a little different sculpt on the figure. Not a different sculpt, but a different paint job on the figure. And I'm wanting to say his antennas glowed on the uh, on the night-flying Dargon. And I, want, I think he also came with, like, a binoculars? Or it was, like, no, it was, like, supposed to be a, a night vision thing that fit over his face. Right. It's really cool. That would make sense if it was night-fighting Dargon. Yeah. Yeah. What about your number two? My number two would be Skulk and Tarantula. You said it right. I know. I'm actually very <laughs> happy with myself. Um, I really, really, really wanted this set. I loved Skulk. I thought he was one of the coolest looking bad guys besides for like General Spydrex. But mm-hmm. he was really cool. And he had this kind of like black, brown, green wash. So he had that that true beetle color about right. him. And then he had, like, the fangs and the orange eyes, like, the multiple, like, spider base, like, eight eyes thing going on. And I think the back of his head looked almost like brain, like, exposed, like, brain. Or, but it was so cool. I'm sure it was. <laughs> oh. And and the Trancula had, you know, the, the glove itself had the brown and black, like, striped right. fur on it. Yeah. And he had, like, you know, the, the actual the mouth pincers. had the, the pincers that fit... Into one another. Before we continue, uh, I just want to say that you were right. Night Fighting Dargon did come with night vision. Trinoculars. Ah. The guy doesn't have three eyes, does he? Why does he need trinoculars? To see through his antenna. But the antenna are way up here, and there, there are three. If you're, I'm looking at the picture. There are three things. That, that makes no sense. Well, you know, I don't know. 
you know, normally I would be the great apologist on this. <laughs> That's just dumb. now. I will say that the 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 weapons, the accessories, and weapons that came with oh, each one. Yeah. I think were probably some of the best ones that were that have ever been produced, and were definitely better than anything else being produced at the time. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, the shields all had like sculpting on them, and and everything was just very detailed. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're all pretty much one color. But I never mind that because if you see a gun, you you don't see a multicolored handgun. Right, and I want to say the the good guy guns were actually, I think, kind of gold versus sort the of bad guy. Sort of gold, and the bad guys were, that were charcoal. Were kind of pewter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they were so cool. And very, very detailed. I remember some of the rifles actually had what looked like kind of to be like honeycomb-like stacking. Yes. For their magazines that yes. would fit in, into the gun. It had a very organic, like, right. bug shape Sort of it. what you would see, um, sort of what you saw with Cobra La. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of like that. Yeah. Exactly. Taylor, Taylor's like eyes that. just lit up. Everybody. I love Cobra Law. Cobra guys. Lee. Taylor loves Serpentor. <laughs> Serpentor and all the genetic stuff with Cobra. It's yeah. like woo. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. Did you, uh, side note though? Before I forget, while I'm thinking about it, did you know that Cobra Law was not what they intended for it to be called? No, I didn't. The creators just called it Cobra Law, just as a placeholder. Yeah. And the network went with it. But against their wishes, they're like, we, we can come up with something. No, 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 that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Because I always hated the name Cobra Law. On on well, my because when I was a kid, I didn't realize it was a takeoff on Shangri La. Yeah, on my uh, my PlayStation Network uh, place card for my name and title, mm-hmm. my call sign actually says Cobra Law for my slogan with an exclamation point. <laughs> Yeah, the Cobra la 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 thing. Uh, we're getting way off base here. Yeah, we are way off base. This is how little I want to talk. This is how much I do not want to talk about sectars, folks. I'm talking about Serpentor and Cobra La. Okay, well, my number one. And again, if you'll recall, my list is in order of descending creepiness. My number one is Zack and Bitar because it was a dog. Even if it was an insect dog, yes. it was a dog. And I love dogs. Marvin Dog Media was my brainchild. Mm-hmm. I love dogs. And that's the least creepy insect would be a dog bug would be the least creepy one to me. And plus, you know, he was kind of a cool figure. He had a huge gun with him. Yeah. Big gun, but a little shield. I never could figure they, that out. They all had little shields. And and the gun itself, I, I think, actually had a um, uh, like a a strap on it. So you could strap it on him. And then he had his pistol that would fit in his holster. Mm-hmm. And the dog, like, Bytar itself had like a red spiked collar around it oh okay around his neck and right. then he had a button on the back that would make his head like pop up that's cool yeah. see i like it even better now he, he was he was a really and i think the character from what i remember was actually a really cool character it's kind of like the naive like young warrior headstrong no and he was he was a captain of prospero's royal guard and dargon's best friend okay yeah that makes sense exactly yeah. what i said yeah that's what i said booty traps <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Now we're just amusing ourselves, folks. Hope you're enjoying the ride. So what about your number one? Okay, my number one. As if we didn't already know. You know, and here's the thing. Yours is from Descending Creepiness. I think mine is just like Ascending Creepiness. Yeah, the opposite. General Spydrix and the Spider Flyer. And a hush falls over the crowd because everyone is stunned, except not at all. He had a whip. He did have a whip. He he had had a really cool whip. He had the backpack that fit on the back. Cool whip. (laughs) Cool whip. Cool whip. And he had a he had the backpack that fit on the back of the spider flyer that held like housed his rifle, mm-hmm. and he had a net. He was the only one that had a net, so he would fly over like Prince Dargon when I would play, and he would drop the net on him, and the wings would get caught. Why? Why the wings broke? You think? 
I'm starting to realize. <laughs> Taylor's <laughs> having a realization right here on the right here live, folks. Uh, I think that's why the wings broke. There, if there often. was if there was a light over his head, it would have just gone off, and just turned on. Yeah. But you know he had he had the dual blasters and he right. had like the the cross bandolier like vest mm-hmm. that would snap onto itself and really cool figurine, really cool. And, and again, aesthetically and objectively, yes, you're right. Otherwise, his, you 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 get him away, get him away, get him away. His face sculpt for me was the best. He had six eyes, and his eyes See, moved. He could up have used into, trinoculars, only he yeah. would have needed sex noculars. Wait, yeah, keep going. Yeah, okay. Carry but, on. <laughs> but his eyes went up into his helmet, and he had like the red fur on his like wrist and, mm. and feet, mm. you know. And he had like these weird boots, but like his armor and the way everything worked, it was just so well done. And like the the fact that they went in and painted little strips on all of his teeth, and he had fangs. Right. Just beautiful figurine. This is the one figurine I would love to have back. Well, maybe you can find a skulk with, or not skulk, maybe you can find a, a general Spydrax with Spider-Flyer on eBay. I have, and I can't afford it right now. Oh, really? But I would say general Spydrax and skulk would be the two that I'd be after. Well, there you have it, folks. If anybody has one lying around, <laughs> send it Taylor's way. He will give it a good home. Well, that's enough of the top five. I guess we need to talk about the one that got away. And I feel bad. This is the second show in a row that I don't have one that got away. The difference is last time it was because I owned everything in the line of the Star Wars micro mm-hmm. collection. This time, I just don't want any of these. Aww. None of them got away because I never wanted any of them. Oh, I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> Gun to my head. If I had to pick one, I would say Zack and Bytar because, again, I like dogs. Well, I mean... I would like to say the one that got away was the entire line for me because I really liked them. Yeah, I mean, I really. And you know really what? If I can say nothing, guys. then you're you're allowed this one time. This is your one to say. But I do have an actual one that got away. What, which one is your one that got away? So the one that got away was actually it was more of a recent story, and it was when when you said that we were going to do sectars, and I started reminiscing about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I really love these guys. I'd love to to do a collection on them. Even if it's a small collection. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, had found a Zack and Bytar that was complete, but it didn't have the mini comic, but it was complete with the accessories. And I was bidding on them on eBay, and I had forgotten about the bid that I had in, and I don't have a smartphone. So I was out with uh, some friends. Phone. I have a dumb phone. And I was out with a bunch of friends, and I had forgotten about it, and I got sniped, apparently, at the last minute. Oh, no. Um, and the thing is, is I had bid pretty high, and they must have just really wanted really it. wanted it because they, you know, they bought it out from underneath me. But that would have been the one that got away, and I really wanted them because I wanted to sit here and actually have a toy to show, to show you the articulation and everything for the show, and just also so I can reminisce about it. Cause they were, and that would have been the best one to have, because it would have creeped me out the least. So right, that, that actually right. would have worked out. <laughs> I wish I hadn't sniped you now, Taylor. I wish that uh, I'd paid more attention to what you were bidding on. Well, if you have it, you can always send it my way. I don't have it. I'm kidding. <laughs> How recently was this? Was this like... This is uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's one of those things. I'd really like to have it, but at the same time, with all the other collections, it's kind of it's one of those that's like. Mm. It's a small enough collection that if you did decide you wanted to start collecting and get the whole thing, mm-hmm. it, it's fairly doable. It's fairly accomplishable, with the exception of probably the hive. 
the uh, you'd be hard pressed, I would think, to find one of those in good working condition for you know a, most, a reasonable quote unquote amount. Most of what I've seen so far, and if you want to get the the set and you want to get it complete, the hardest thing to to find is to find the pieces complete with all the accessories for a decent price. Right. You can find a whole bunch of the figurines that are partially complete that have a few of the things that are you know decently priced. Some of them are actually kind of cheap, you know, but that's debatable. But to find them complete with in working condition, it's they they do they start getting expensive. And I saw a deal once where they had, I think, uh, two of each of the dragon flyers, the spider flyers, Skulk and uh, Tarantula, Tarantula, and the Battle Beetle, and I believe all but like two of the characters with their. Um, insectoids mm-hmm. it was like $275 but it was for pickup only in Maine and I couldn't make pick it pickup only in Maine they wouldn't ship it who lives in Maine I, I don't, this guy well yeah but who lives in who else lives in Maine that's going to collect sectars <laughs> I, I apologize to any of our Maine <laughs> listeners but I mean if you live in Maine and you would and you, you went and picked this up let us know because I would be I would be shocked well, to I find that he was able to find a buyer but I could imagine the shipping on that would have been would have probably been kind of expensive. Yeah, I mean, it was if a you're willing huge to pay, collection. Yeah, but if you're willing to pay for it, I'd yeah, say if, if I'm willing it. to pay $275, it's like an extra 25 bucks at 300 right. It's like, well, yeah. It's eBay, not Craigslist. Right. But some, of, but also some of the wings were look pretty pretty damaged. Like, And, of course, the, the thing that I loved, I loved these things. I love the fact they had wings, but their wings were so poorly put together. Right. They, they were meant to break, basically, down the road. Planned obsolescence that, before Apple took over. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. But no, it's it, it. They they those wings were not meant to last. They really weren't. Yeah. They they kind of. I view them as display pieces because I really felt that they were built to be display pieces. They weren't built to be played with by by little boys, right? It, especially at the prices they charged. Again, these were these were more expensive than anything else on the shelves because again, you got you got a beast and a figure, and the figures yep. were large. And there was a lot of work that went into them, and a lot of accessories, yeah. both plastic, rubber, a lot of paint job that. There was a lot to these things. <sighs> oh, well, such is life. Yeah. I don't need them anyways. Right. Let's talk a little bit about where we found what little information we were able to find. Mm-hmm. Um, this one website, sectars.fansector.com, has a, a really good the, – the history – this is where I was talking about the history of the of the, the characters. It's not right. a history of the toy. It's a history of the characters, but it's pretty exhaustive, and it's got some great – pictures from i guess these are from the comic books and maybe even from the uh cartoon it looks like a couple of these are, are animated mm-hmm. and then they have these small uh thumbnail pictures of the toys the, but you can't you can't enlarge, uh, them. enlarge them at all it is the full lineup though of all it the is. toys but yeah you you really have to strain to see it, it is and they've got a nice uh little section on the on the comics that came with it mm-hmm. And the, and the comic books that were released, and a section on the the cartoon. There's an episode list of the cartoon mm-hmm. on here with a complete list of the uh, voice talent that worked on the show, which is pretty interesting. So whoever has put this together, and then a breakdown, a character breakdown of each one, including the um, the beasts, yep. the insectoids, and they even have a link to current uh, eBay auctions. So yep. that's a good place for you to go and look. Yep. Who, whoever put this together really loves good, sectars. They do. This wasn't you, was it? No. Okay. They love it more than me. And I got most, a lot of my information came from Wikipedia, but again, I don't ever quote anything on Wikipedia that isn't sourced from somewhere else. So, right. 
I, I, I trust, I trust myself to trust Wikipedia when I need to, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. And xentertainment.com, that's the letter X hyphen entertainment.com, has a great uh, article about the sectars that this guy has written. It's a reminiscence of uh, the Christmas that he got a bunch of sectars toys, and it's it's hilarious. There's a lot of lot of fairly strong language in it, so if you are offended by such things, you might want to stay away. But uh, the the thing that cracked me up was the I he talked about these two dreams that he remembers having as a child. Mm-hmm. One of them was that he had the hive. Another one was that. Ted Knight was an evil principal of his public school. I don't know if you know who Ted Knight is. Ted Knight, for those of you who don't know, Ted Knight was on the Mary Tyler Moore show and Too Close for Comfort, and he was Judge Smales in uh, Caddyshack. Yeah, Ted Knight was awesome. And so, and he would make it, he would, he would scare you. If he was my principal, I would have been scared to death. Oh, it's so random. Yeah. And the other, uh, the only other page that we found was the Action Figure Archive, which is www.action-figures.ca. But this page, like it, you said, it, it, depending some, on your computer, it might work, it might yeah, not. Some some computers it worked on, some it didn't. Virtual Toy Chest did have a figure lineup of sectars, but it's not complete. Okay, but are, you can enlarge those pictures, though, correct? Or are they? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, but they. Uh, the figurines themselves, they don't show them complete with, like, harnesses and guns. It's just the figurine and then the flyer. Like, the 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 list is complete with all the characters. It just doesn't show all the accessories. Right. It's a good place to find the information, but if you want to see the pictures, your best bet is to go to the Sectars fan page. Right, right. That we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing here. There's a good shot of some of the packaging, though, on, yeah. on uh, the Virtual Toy Chest. And, this yeah, this is what I remember. From from my childhood, I I will say I did find upon looking for images of these guys, I did find this one guy that did this really cool custom of Dargon. Right, and you sent that to me, but yeah, I can't find I, any information out find the guy. Any information on who created it? I just found this picture, um, and it's he basically took a I think it's a Ronin or Red Ninja figurine from the Marvel. It's I believe it's the Legends line. The three and three quarter inch line? No, it maybe it is oh, a Marvel three and three Le- quarter. No, Marvel Legends is the, it's the, the six larger, inch. Yeah, the six inch. yeah that's Marvel Legends. I couldn't tell if it was Marvel Legends or if it was the Marvel Universe, which is the three and three quarter inch. No, that's that's Marvel Legends. It's Marvel Legends? Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, Prince Dargon uh, with, I think, the his little dragonfly from the uh, the night base right. Dargon set. Figurerealm.com. Yeah, and I searched. And you have to go to customs. I searched and searched and searched and could not find that custom to see who made it. You can you can't even really t- you you said it was either Ronin or Ronin or Red, Red Ninja. Ninja. Yeah, whoever did it though, fantastic job. And if you happen to be listening to the show, let us know it was you, and we yeah. have to. You'd yeah. have to be able to prove that it was you. Yeah, you know, if if it's you, you know, send send us a link to the page so we can tell that it's you, and we'll we'll. Or, or if you'd know the link or, well, whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll know. We have ways <laughs> of figuring that out. And there you go. So be sure to check our show notes page if you want to check out any of those websites uh, and you don't feel like typing. You can just go to our show, the show notes page for this episode and click on the links that I will post faithfully for you. Mm-hmm. That brings us to the end of our Sectar's journey. Thank God. Really? I am so creeped out right now. My skin is going to be crawling for days. 
But folks, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, if you want to contact us, please go to our Facebook page. Leave us a comment about your sectar's memories. Or if you have any <laughs> questions you don't want made public, you can always either send us a message on Facebook or email us at TalkingToysPodcast at gmail.com or MarvinDogMedia at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MarvinDogMedia on Twitter. And Taylor, they can follow you at... Oh, uh, just my website at TaylorLimberry.com. All right. And I link to that from the website as well, from MarvinDogMedia.com. You can download old sh- uh, go back and listen to our older shows or download them from there, or you can get them through iTunes. And if you subscribe through iTunes, or even if you don't and you just have access to iTunes, please uh, swing by and leave us a review, a rating yeah. and a review. That really helps us. That's the best way you can help the show get noticed and gain a bigger following. And uh, if you don't like the show, uh, just forget I said anything about iTunes. But in all seriousness, uh, we uh, we enjoy hearing from our fans, from our listeners. I won't yes, say our do. fans, from our listeners. And uh, so uh, head over to the Facebook page and just just say hi, if nothing else. So for Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeff. And remember, they're not dolls. They're action figures. Sometimes action figures with insects that creep Jeff out. podcast has been a production of Marvin Dog Media, all rights reserved. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.